The scripture says that when we search for him, we shall find him, <laughs> and that he will guide us into all truth. And so these are the desires of our heart to know his word and to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into that truth. As we begin our service, this part of our service, uh, we, those of you who would like to make a contribution, uh, you can write a check out to Winber Assembly and mail it to Box 361, uh, Winber PA 15963, Winber Assembly Box 361. So your contributions and gifts are greatly appreciated. Today, the message that I have is from the book of Proverbs, but I have a couple of verses I want to look at as we, as we head into that. And the question I have is, do you have wisdom? Do you have wisdom? Well, hopefully we'll be able to define it in a way that uh, clarifies what wisdom is, but the, there is blessings that come from being wise, not a wise guy, <laughs> not, uh, uh, what is it, the person who makes uh, offhanded comments uh, at everything. That's not what we're talking about. Um, I thought sometimes when you're listening to these uh, sports broadcasts, you have a person who is doing the play-by-play, -play, you know, what's happening on the field, and you have a, a separate announcer, and uh, he's, he's doing the analysts, and, you know, he's analyzing this and giving the statistics for that, and it's almost like sometimes I think of it, well, he's the guy that's supposed to have wisdom and understanding of the game and, you know, in baseball, what the pitch was, where it was at, and hitting, you know, that, that guy shortened up on the bat. And so he's doing all these play-by-play -play things and doing the analysis and leaving the everyday things going on, every, every pitch and everything to the announcer. So in our lives... I think perhaps we are not only, we're, we're both individuals. We are the one who is going over the play-by-play, -play, but we're also the one analyzing what is taking place. And so we are telling ourselves what all of this means and how that it fits together and how that it works together for the whole process of the individual, for an inning, for a play, for a series, uh, in, in football or basketball, whatever, that in you know, any of the uh, games that you're looking at, they all have a system of play-by-play, -play and they also have the analysis, how this came about. And, and I think of whenever we are looking at analyzing what's going on in our life, we have to have wisdom. <laughs> and we have to have a certain kind of wisdom. In Matthew 11:19, John the Baptist, this is what it says, verse, verse 18, it says, Jesus is talking about this. He said, John the Baptist did not go around eating and drinking, and you said, that man has a demon in him. But the Son of Man goes around eating and drinking, and you say, that man eats and drinks too much. He is even a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And then there is this little tack-on, as it were, seemingly a tack-on, but it really is the, I think, the focal point of this, these two um, these two situations, it says, yet wisdom is shown to be right by what it does. <laughs> wisdom is shown to be right by what it does. So wisdom, especially spiritual wisdom, is not just uh, about knowing the scriptures, but how that the scriptures are good for us knowing how to apply them, 
that knowledge to our everyday life and, and applying that knowledge to our everyday situations. You see, we know the Word, but it is also in us the work of the Holy Spirit to help us understand. The Holy Spirit is called our teacher. He's called our guide. So whenever we are allowing the Word of God and our events, and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us what these things mean and how that knowledge is to be applied to our everyday life. So then wisdom is defined as the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So wisdom is the application of knowledge to what we are doing. Spiritual wisdom is having the knowledge of the scripture, the knowledge of what's going on, and making that applicable to our everyday life. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, that is wisdom. Why? Because God is telling us and instructing us, give thanks, not for what happened or how it happened, but you are giving thanks in anticipation of what will come of it. How the outcome. God works all things together for good to those who love him and who have God's purpose in their heart. So when God is asking us to believe, when God is asking us to be thankful, he's trying to help us have an understanding and apply wisdom of knowing that God is in charge and God will work in all of these things. So knowledge is good. You know, knowledge is, is, is a really good thing. But a, there's a vast difference that stands between knowledge, having the facts, and wisdom. There's a difference between them. Because some people can know everything and not know how to tie their shoes. <laughs> you know, you, you ever meet some of those, you know? These, the, these individuals are just so off the charts in their knowledge and their, in their skills and their, and well, in, their, in what they know, but they can't figure out how to put on their socks. <laughs> so there's the application of that knowledge. So we must learn to live out what we know. That's wisdom. Living out what we know, both in the spiritual realm and in the natural realm. James 1.5, Paul writes to, to James and he says, do any of you need wisdom? <laughs> so whenever we are looking at what wisdom do we have, well, <laughs> we all need it, okay? We all need to be a little wiser in our application of the truth of God's word to our everyday life. So we, do any of you need wisdom? Paul says, ask God for it. He's generous. He enjoys giving to everyone. So he will give you wisdom. This is, this is having the ability to understand and, and make the application of the word of God to our everyday life is God delights in that. He delights in his, in his children being able to have, be wise enough to understand what's happening in their life. And the, that we are to be wise enough to know that all things work together for good. He wants us to be wise enough in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. See, we are wise enough to know that what we see is not always the outcome. 
so that we have a faith that is able to interpret life, but interpret it not so much from nuts and bolts, but interpret it from the spiritual realm and putting it together with the nuts and bolts. So, Proverbs. Proverbs is a practical suggestion to everyday life. That if you haven't read the book of Proverbs, we should, uh, Billy Graham talked about how that he always read one or two chapters every day of the book of Proverbs, one or two Psalms every day, plus his other readings. Because the book of Psalms uh, is to prayer and devotional life as Proverbs is to everyday life. So understanding this whole principle of living and knowing and being able to choose and what to stay away from and so on. Well, in 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon is the guy who wrote the book of Proverbs. And um, in chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Well, Solomon was at Gideon, the Lord Gibeon, excuse me, the Lord came to him in a night in a dream. God said, Solomon, ask me what you want me to give you. Ask me what you want me to give you. All right? So, <laughs> you've, got, you've got this in front of you. God says, ask me what you want me to give you. You know, when uh, we were down at uh, Friendship Village, uh, David Michael, our grandson, was there with one of his friends. And so, <laughs> what did I say? Oh, David Michael, my grandson. No, he's my son. <laughs> I'll start over again. Jackson, <laughs> our grandson, was there with one of his friends. And they said, well, what can we get? And I said, well, get anything you want. Okay, you know. So they go in, and they start piling all this stuff. <laughs> they start picking it up. You know, they were joking, you know. And th then they had these handfuls of stuff. And I said, what are you doing? He says, you said get anything we want. <laughs> you know? So I think that's what we do. You know, if God came to us and says, you can have anything you want. You know, we'd be like kid, a kid in a candy store. I mean, they had all kinds of bags of this and that. You know, it wasn't anything good for you. It was just junk, you know. So Solomon, you know, God says to Solomon, ask me what you want me to give you. Now remember James, and this is James is much later, thousands of years later, that um, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. Well, Solomon has this understanding. He says, you were kind and loyal to your, your servant, my father David. Okay. He was faithful to you and lived a good, honest life. And you showed him the greatest kindness when you let his son take his place on, as king. You showed David the greatest kindness by allowing me to be king. <laughs> See why it's good to look at the scriptures? Because sometimes we were, you know, if I were saying, oh, I'm, God, I'm sure glad you allowed me to be king, you know, after my dad. <laughs> but Solomon was saying about the goodness, the greatness of his father, and then how thankful he was that God allowed him to follow his in his father's footsteps. The Lord, verse 7, Lord my God, you have made me the king in my father's place, but I am like a small child. I don't have the wisdom I need to do what I must do. See, being able to look at life honestly, some people fake it until you make it, 
Well, that's not what Solomon is doing here. He's not going to fake it. He's, he's telling God exactly what he feels. God, I don't have everything that I need to do what I must do in leading this nation. For our own lives, we can do the very same thing. I am not wise enough to do all the things that I'm supposed to do in this life, especially with COVID. <laughs> you know, God, I, I just don't have it all together. I, I need some help here. Verse 8. I am your servant here among your chosen people. Understand where we're at. We're part of his family. There are so many that they cannot, you, that they cannot be counted. Verse 9. So I ask you to give me the wisdom to rule and judge them well and to help me know the difference between right and wrong. Wisdom is understanding and coming to the uh, conclusion of what is right and what is wrong and how that that right and wrong is especially for your own life and how that you are walking with God. Without such great wisdom, it would be impossible to rule this great nation. The Lord was happy what Solomon asked for. So God said to him, you did not ask for long life and riches for yourself. You did not ask for, uh, for the death of your enemies. You asked for the wisdom to listen and make right decisions. <laughs> Being able to listen and make right decisions. This is what you know, Solomon is asking and God is saying, that is wisdom and what is God going to do? I will make you wise and intelligent. I will make you wiser than anyone who ever lived or ever will live. So this is Solomon saying, th that God is saying to him, I will make you wiser than anyone who has ever lived or will live. Do you ever pray for wisdom? As a kid growing up, I thought, hmm, Solomon, he, and, and he, got, he was pretty wealthy. How did he get that way? He, he was wise. So I'd pray for wisdom, thinking I'd get rich. It happened. <laughs> I can put my shoes on. Some have called me a wise guy, but I don't know. <laughs> and so we find that the search for wisdom begins with an understanding of God and how that God is at work in our life and how that the word of God fits into who we are. So in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, as we look at how Solomon is putting this together, he, he says, My child, remember, this, remember my teachings and instructions and obey them completely. So whenever we are looking to find wisdom, we have to start with God. We have to start with God and who he is and what his, his character and what his word says to us. And wisdom is the mind of God revealed in his word. You don't, we don't have to go someplace else to find it. We need to understand the word of God and to allow that word to dwell in our hearts. Wisdom is found throughout the scriptures and especially in reading about the life of Jesus Christ. Verse 2, they will help you. Remember my teachings and instructions. They will help you live a long and prosperous life. Learning the teachings and instructions of Jesus Christ and obeying them will help you live a long and prosperous life. 
Wisdom. Hmm. Let love and loyalty. Verse 3. We're talking about love. We're talking about wisdom here. Uh, yeah. Let love and loyalty, this faithfulness, always show like a necklace. How many of you ladies buy necklaces and put a scarf over top of them? <laughs> I know with my necklaces, I just like to let them hang open, you know. I don't have a necklace. But <laughs> when you put a necklace on, you, you put it on for people to see. We were at this wedding, and of course we were far outclassed. <laughs> and the, the people there, there was this line of individuals at the, the desk, the reception area. And we wondered, wow, all these people are checking in. We said, well, no, they're all part of the wedding party. And I, and I well, what are they doing at the desk? They were all getting their jewelry out of the safe. <laughs> this one lady, she had a diamond butterfly. This is the size of my fist. And the diamonds on that were not these little chips. <laughs> you know, and others had these beautiful brooches and necklaces that were extremely, you know, they were probably my year's worth of wages. But anyhow, but you see, they didn't put them on and then put a shawl over top of them. So your wisdom and your loyalty are something that are shown like a necklace. And write them in your mind. Write them in your mind, the qualities that involve actions and attitudes. You know, there's something that is shown, just like a necklace, your attitude and your actions and how you are, your perception of things. Verse 4, and God and people will like you and consider you a success because you are wise in your application of God's word to your everyday life. In in chapter 1, verse 20, you don't need to go there. So, but it just, Solomon pictures wisdom as calling aloud in the streets. Wisdom is something that is beckoning us everywhere we go. We're, that we're able to discern what's going on here by wisdom. So, and remember James, that if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives to everyone liberally. So we as followers of Jesus Christ are not to reject God's offer of wisdom. Verse 5. With all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. The King James is the one that we often remember. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. You know, trust in the Lord. You must learn to trust in God. Trust is having confidence. So wisdom is having confidence in God's word as you go walking through your everyday life. And lean, lean has the sense of putting all your weight on something, resting on and trusting in. So when we are leaning on Jesus, we are trusting in him completely. If our, our, our strength is in Christ and our leaning is such intense that if you pull out the, the word, we collapse. So we are trusting in God. We are to be aware that there are people to the exclusion of all others arrive at their own understanding of events. 
Did you ever meet people who just are off the wall in their understanding and they think they're right? I was trying to think of a good illustration and I, I thought of, I maybe I've, I'm sure I've said this before. There was a guy, he came in for counseling uh, and it, uh, whenever I was a counselor and um, he was kind of all excited. And I said, well, what happened? Well, you see, he had had a number of uh, traffic violations and a number of fender benders and stuff, so he was ordered to go to the eye doctor to make sure that he could see properly. Well, he came in, he was all excited because he passed the eye exam. And I said, well, well that's good. And he said, well, I fooled them. I memorized the eye chart. You can't see and you want to drive, but you don't want to have glasses, but you don't, you want to drive, but where is the wisdom in that, you know, where's the logic in that theory, you know? And it's just like, that doesn't make any sense, but he was really happy, you know? I fooled them. And went out and probably had another accident, I don't know. He stopped coming, you know, because I offered him advice. He didn't want that. I told him he might need glasses. And he said, oh, I don't need glasses. I know the eye chart. <laughs> so wisdom is not being wise in your own eyes. Wisdom is not being wise in your own eyes. He thought he was pretty wise. See, we find this correction by bringing this decision to God in prayer. <laughs> so when we are, have a decision to make, we need to bring the decisions to God in prayer and pray for his understanding to be our understanding. And because we have some wisdom doesn't mean we have all wisdom. <laughs> and it doesn't mean we should doubt every move, it's doubt every decision, doubt, doubt, it's not, it's not that. We are to have confidence in our ability to choose. We are to have confidence in the direction that we are going and pray that God will direct us, and if we're going in the wrong direction, he will quicken or he will put that stop in our heart. But if we're always wrong in every situation, you can't know what is wrong. You can't find correction. You can't find wisdom. So remember, there's no need to pray about stealing, <laughs> cheating, adultery, slander, there's no need to pray about forgiving someone. <laughs> you see, there are some things we take to God in prayer. He's already said, don't do that. We are to pray for God's grace and mercy to help us through each of those situations. So in light of God's word, here's, an, here's another one. In light of God's word, how prejudiced are you? You see, wisdom cannot allow for prejudice. Because if we are prejudiced, we've already prejudged something and our wisdom is shut off. <laughs> we can't go there because we've already made up our mind. You know, I would, <laughs> whenever I was in, uh, in school in Rhode Island, we went to uh, southern Maine for a uh, youth conference. And we were, we were in this hotel you know, and it says dress accordingly. So, hey, we're going to a hotel in southern Maine. It'll be fine. But it was January. And there was only one fireplace in the whole four or five floors of the hotel. And that fireplace was in the lobby. 
And it was zero out. And we took suits and clothes for a hotel and a retreat for youth. We froze. <laughs> my nose would be, a fr my ear, one ear would freeze and I'd turn over on it. And my other one would be freezing and my nose, i put the pillow on it. I mean, we were so cold. But you, you see, <laughs> we said, I said, you know what? I'm never going to go to Maine again. Guess where our first church was? In the very northern tip of Maine. <laughs> Not at the very southern tip where I said we'd never go back to this place. It was in the very northern tip where we spent six weeks and never got above zero. I remember going outside when I had hair. Going outside, my, didn't, my hair wasn't dry, and it froze by the time I got from the house to the car. It was 20, 25 below zero. Yes. Prejudge. <laughs> so don't go there. <laughs> so are all Christians wise? No. <laughs> uh, I remember a guy that uh, when he was... How much time do I have? It's not showing up. Boy, he puts a sign up there and it's all blank, you know? So, it's all right. Start from 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, it can't be that far. Is that all the time I got left? Okay. I want to do a man. Boom. All right. Um, wisdom is not free thinking. <laughs> free thinking, now understand this term, is from the past. Um, I remember in the 60s and early 70s, you know, there was this free thinking. And the definition of it, I looked it up, is that a person who thinks freely or independently, one who forms opinions on the basis of reason independently, independently of authority, especially one who rejects or is skeptical of religion. And the other, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe you've heard of the Beatles, I don't know, a long time ago, and John Lennon and um, David Bowie wrote this in 1971. It says, imagine there is no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there are no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday I'll, you'll join us, and the world will be as one. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger, the brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> what, what this has become or was, was a statement or a vision that described the atheistic concept uh, became their anthem, the atheist anthem. There's no God, there's no rules, there's no regulation, there's no government. There's nothing, only people living together as one. 
Human nature doesn't allow for that. No accountability, no life, no eternity, nothing to live or die for, nothing worth living for. You see, people have different sets of wisdom. People have different ideas of what is good and what is bad. And so we, with the understanding the word of God, understanding what God's commands are, you know, it's, it's no wonder that the, the atheistic anthem does not want the Ten Commandments because it starts off by saying that I am the Lord your God. I am the one who freed you from the land of Egypt. So as we look at God's commands, God is telling us, I'm the one who freed you from the bondages of, of slavery, whether it's in, in, you know, physically for the um, children of Israel from Egypt or whether it's spiritually from our, from our nature, from our past sins. He says, you must not worship other gods. You must not make any idols. You must not use the name of the Lord your God in vain or empty promises. You must remember the Sabbath day. Set a time aside for your worship. You must honor and respect your father and mother. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not tell lies about other people. You must not want to take your neighbor's house. Covet that what your neighbor has. So you see, here are these set of boundaries. And what was Lenin? Imagine, there are no boundaries. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no judgment. There's just free living. <laughs> we all get along. Peace and harmony. And it doesn't work. Without Christianity, things fall apart. You, you look at other countries. You look at their governments. You look at most of the problem in these countries that are total poverty. Is there, it's a religious problem. It's their religion that has caused them to think the way they do. It has caused them to have the wisdom that they have, but it's not the wisdom that is based in God's word. So wisdom is basically choosing between two paths, the wicked and the righteous path. Two paths. The righteous path is not one that says, I am better than you, the righteous path is saying, like Solomon, that, God, I need your wisdom to be able to walk this life. I need your wisdom to help me through this. <laughs> and we find in Proverbs 3, verse 6, Always let God lead you, and he will clear the road for you to follow. <laughs> in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Be willing to correct, be willing to be corrected by God's word. That the scriptures are what is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away. Thy, my, thy word will never pass away. So the principles that we have for wisdom and guidance in our relationship with people and our, and our relationship with God are about how that God and us can work together in this situation. And that we don't have all the answers, but God is going to lead me step by step through these situations. Things are not always what they appear to be. So we bring our choices. We bring our desires, our decisions to God in prayer. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 7. 
Don't ever think that you are wise enough, but respect the Lord and stay away from evil. Verse 8, this will make you healthy and you will feel strong. Stay away from evil and you will feel strong. Stay away from evil desires. Stay away from those things. Cut them off in your life and you will feel stronger. It's the temptations that we allow ourselves to follow in the wrong directions and on the wrong path that make us feel weaker. Wisdom is knowing how to make your choice. And we make our choices on God's, on God's word. Then, this is, this is I, I, verse, uh, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord by giving him your money. Okay? Honor the Lord by giving him your money. When you read this, what sticks out in your mind? You don't have to tell me. Money or honor? <laughs> you see, honor is holding God and all you possess in high regard or high esteem and high respect. Honoring God is something that we would rather do and lose everything if it came to that. Or money is wealth calculated in terms of affluence. So we find that the scripture's wisdom is about knowing how to be wise about our possessions. Uh, verse 10 says, Then you will have more grain. <laughs> Honor the Lord by giving him your money, your wealth. And Malachi 3.10 says that, uh, I am the Lord all-powerful, and I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire tenth percent into the storehouse so that so there will be food in my house, then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. Wisdom is knowing what to trust, <laughs> who to trust. Verse 10, then you will have more grain and grapes than you will ever need, <laughs> honoring God. Acquire wisdom is giving God first. <laughs> giving to God first. So wisdom then is the understanding, the need for correction. We've never arrived. We're still on the journey. We will make mistakes. We will fail. We will fall down. But we get up. God is with us. We need help to see life from God's perspective. We find that in this verse 11 and 12, and I'll, quit, I'll leave with this, there is correction in wisdom. Correction in wisdom. My child, don't turn away or become bitter. Don't become nasty, vicious, or spiteful. When the Lord corrects you, when God makes adjustments in your character, in your life, don't be <laughs> critical. Don't become bitter. Verse 12, the Lord corrects. He adjusts, revives, improves, fixes everyone that he loves. Hmm. If God didn't help us make adjustments in our path, he wouldn't love us. But because he loves us, he wants us to be wise enough 
to learn from our mistakes and our failures, be wise enough to allow his love to penetrate on our heart and our mind. So the beginning of wisdom is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Applying the word to our everyday life. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Wisdom is defined as the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Pray for wisdom because we all lack it. <laughs> wisdom is the mind of God revealed in his word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against him. Wisdom is the knowledge and the application of that knowledge to self and others in a way that reflects God's love and God's character. And in all thy ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask, who give, God gives to everyone liberally and does not withhold. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word and for this understanding of wisdom. Lord, we all need more, under, more wisdom like Solomon. This is a great people. These are great opportunities. And Lord, we pray that you will guide us in the wisdom that you have and that, Lord, you will share that wisdom with us and we will be receptive, that we will change, that we will see the benefit of your word, of your presence, and of your direction. I pray that we, as we open our hearts, Lord, we open it to that word that is eternal and that, Lord, that eternal peace will be ours each moment of each day, as we walk with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wise day.